This is the interview that we're doing with Kim Bell regarding her project at Salem Church, Church. Middle School. And so thanks, Kim, for participating in this project. And we'll just get started right away. Can you tell me about yourself as a teacher? For example, how long you've been teaching and what subject and levels you've taught. Um, this is my fourth year teaching. This is my third year at Salem Church Middle School. My first year teaching, I taught in Amelia County, and I taught grades five through eight study skills and taught math eight to sixth graders. And since I've been at Salem, I have taught um, MSM2, MSM2 Colab, which is the seventh grade SOL. Those are all seventh grade SOL. And then this year I have two seventh grade honors courses, which is eighth grade math, and one MSM2, which is seventh grade SOL. Are you saying MSM? MSM. I don't know. What does that stand for? I'm not real sure. Not real sure. Okay. <laughs> we have MSM1 and MSM2, um, and I'm not real sure. I think it's something middle school. Oh, it's middle school math. Middle school math. Okay, perfect. My Thank you. not working. David will make that sound all Thank perfect. Thank you. Um, can you describe your school for me here? Um, our school is um, about 970 students. We have a very uh, vast population of differentiated students um, from different backgrounds, um, different countries, um, some different ethnicities. Um, it does tend to be a, I think we're a yellow school. Um, with SOLs, we are fully accredited, mm -hmm. um, but we are a school that has had some struggle there. Um, our student population is really a great group. Um, we don't, we could have, um, we do have some really good parent involvement with our students, but um, there is a lot of diversity in our environment, so it's not just a one-stop shop where every student looks identical and acts identical. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you say it's a yellow school, is that a state designation? I don't know if it's category? state or county. I've heard it okay. as a yellow school, um, but I think it just has, I, I think it's about our test scores more or less. I see, okay, so maybe related to student achievement. Okay, so. thank you. Um, with respect to this study. What is the topic that your action research study is addressing? Um, I am working on diversity in the classroom as it pertains to how my students interact with one another and working towards how they choose to interact and how they can um, evolve from their natural groups of where they would group and start to interact more with students that aren't exactly like they are. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Why is that topic interesting to you, or why is it important for you to study? Um, I think as I looked into one of my class periods, um, my fourth period has been my focus, and I looked and I could see very quickly that my students grouped and it was very hard for anyone else to break into those groups. So while these kids, because in middle school, the kids in each level kind of move throughout the day together. 
So they tend to group themselves. And if we're not teaching those students at this level to start collaborating with others, we're not preparing them for the future of collaboration. Mm -hmm. So if we're buying into the whole, I'm going to group with this group because we're all from this country, or we all speak this language, or we are all have this learning disability, mm -hmm. um, or even for that matter, we're all jocks. Um, that sets them up for some failure as they go through life because that's not how our workforce is. Mm -hmm. Our workforce means we have to start being able to collaborate and if we start breaking that mold as we're into middle school, we're actually setting these kids up to be better in the workforce because they're able to think through how, wait a minute, they might look like me, they may talk like me, this one I can work with because I think like them. And it doesn't matter what they talk like or what they look like. It matters how they intellectually um, build off of one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they can look, your, your project might help support their looking at for commonalities that might not be immediately apparent. Correct. And um, it sounds like you're teaching a lot more than just math. That's my hope. <laughs> um, so what was your research question when you started the Action Research Program? And did your question evolve over the course of the study? So my research question was, what will happen to student achievement engagement if we encourage students to be more comfortable working in more diverse groups? Um, and it has definitely evolved. Based on some of my questioning, I accidentally caused, I think, some differences in how they grouped themselves. And so I've had to think through my own thought process of I thought it a great idea when we're, we were talking about seating and one of my questions was, okay, so if you had one person to set with, who would that person be? And then it was, why would you choose that person? Well, when they got to question number two of why they would choose that person, part of the kids started asking Ms. Bell, can I go back and change my other answer? Because one of the questions on there was, were you thinking about it based on friendship or academic achievement? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, they started going, well, let me change my answer. So I don't know that them being more open to to diverse was actually what caused them to want to change their answer. Or, wait a minute, she's going to think badly of me if I say it's because of my friendship instead of my academic success. So um, after one of our last meetings, I actually had a discussion with the kids and said, you know, I'm really sorry. I think I messed you up there. Um, let's rethink this. I want to know more of what you really choose your seatmates based on. Um, and it's very funny because throughout the year, I've noticed the kids are much better about trying to find students that they work well with. And it's not mattering if they're part of their normal group set. Um, so it started out that I was kind of putting them outside of their comfort zone. And today they actually work together on a um, little mini project and I watched them group themselves with the kids and I heard some of them go, yeah, it's not gonna work with us today because we're going to talk too much about stuff that doesn't relate. Um, and I thought that was very mature 
for a middle schooler. Now I still had the groups who grouped together and talked because that's what they're going to do in middle school. Um, but to hear at least one or two groups start to think through that process of, wait a minute, let me think beyond my initial thought process. Right, they're reflecting on what they're doing in a different way, it sounds like. So they're moving. They're mm -hmm. moving in the right direction. It's a work in progress, and they're good kids. So it's they've been very willing, and they've been very open about their different ethnicities and where they're from and, you know, explaining to me different things about the nuances with them. Um, and we had a new student that came in, and the kids, they were hilarious, and I think they scared the poor kid to death. They're like, and where are you from? <laughs> uh, and so he's like, uh, and the kids are like, oh, it's all good. Are you from here or here or here or here? And he's like, no, I'm not from any of those. And he tells them where he's from. And they're like, oh, wait, where's that at? So then they had to Google. So like 10 minutes of class were lost too, <laughs> Googling to figure out where he was from. So it was very cool. Um, so it has evolved more into not only what, groups they're more comfortable in, but what makes them comfortable within those groups. Right, right. So they've started to build. I also figured out that there were more groups than I thought there were initially. So when we first started, I was thinking based on ethnicity, mostly. And as I started to watch the kids and really think this through, my group started to evolve of my kids with some special needs were in a group that was separate from my jocks, that my Hispanic children were in one group, and then my Caucasian children were in one group. So my groups kind of splintered a little bit more than I thought they would. Interesting. Thank you. Um, so how did you answer your questions over the course of your project? And this is in three parts. The first part is what types of data did you collect? So I started out with just basic surveys of what makes you pick this. Um, and I've had to evolve that a little bit. And then I went into, okay, asking the kids to just answer questions wasn't really working. So I've done a lot of more reflective. So I'm trying to make notes kind of in my calendar um, of different things that I see have happened in class and how they've handled them and evolved. So a lot of my data is just from observations about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think at this age group with my question, that has to be where my data is being collected is mostly observation and journaling. Sure, descriptive field notes um, reflecting what you're seeing in your classroom. Great, great. Um, and from whom did you collect data? Um, most of the data has been collected directly from the kids, um, and the other data is collected from me watching them. Mm -hmm. um, I think I am going to, um, I've debated interviewing a couple of the other teachers, and just seeing over the course of the year just some very generalized questions of, since the beginning of the year, you teach the same group that I teach, have you noticed any difference in the groupings? And we do talk about that on a regular basis, but we don't talk about it probably in what I need for my project. So right. that's going to be my next step Interesting. of checking with a couple of them. Did you focus mainly on one class? Yes. And that was your fourth period That's my class. fourth period okay. class. Thank you. Um, and how did you analyze your data? Um, it's been the data with the seating has been very cut and dry. 
Um, as far as the observations, that has been a little bit different because I've been able to kind of in, internalize my own thought process, and that's been more of a challenge. So most of it has just been by reading over my own data mm -hmm. and trying to take that and reflect upon it and change a little bit about what I've done and how I'm doing it to create something else. Right, so reading it over, reading it over again, looking for themes, rereading, identifying themes, those, that kind of, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, what did you find were the biggest challenges as you conducted your study? Um, probably one of my biggest ones has been trying to make sure any bias that I had, mm -hmm. accidental or unaccidental, wasn't something that the kids picked on up on. Mm -hmm. So just like me saying, you know, was it based on friendships or academic, I created an accidental bias mm -hmm. um, by the kids. So that's been one of my biggest challenges is going back and trying to think, wait a minute, am I accidentally going to create something? So since I did that, my challenge has now been, don't do it again. <laughs> so how can I make this question so that I'm not leading the students? Because I don't want to lead them into a direction. I want them to lead themselves. I want to guide, but not lead. Mm -hmm. Nice, nicely put. What did you learn during the course of your study about diversity in schools? Um, that there's so many different types of diversity, I think, is really where the biggest eye-opener has been for me. Um, being a relatively small school environment, most of my students live within 10 minutes of school. So they are right here in this community and just talking to the kids um, and being able to figure out where those diversities really are and what they're seeing as that diversities. Um, so I think that's one of the big takeaways that I've had and the willingness for these kids to talk about it. Um, I thought it was kind of taboo um, to talk about some of these diversities and the kids are overly open about it. Um, and they'll talk about, you know, my husband is part Vietnamese. So they love to come look at pictures of my kids and Miss Bella don't see it, but tell me about it. And so we have conversations just in the course of teaching and getting to know the students about that diversity. And I think it opens the kids up even more to, hey, wait a minute, maybe they're not quite as different as I thought they were. Mm -hmm. um, they look at my children and go, Miss Bell, we don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might not see it, but they live it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of that, so the kids were like, so wait a minute, technically, you know, they're biracial to a degree, you know. Yeah, yeah, so the kids are like, well, I'm part this and part this and part this, and that opens up a conversation with the kid next to them. Hey, wait a minute, I'm part this and this, and so they start talking about it, and the reality is very few people are one. We have to understand that that diversity is more than just one or two races going on or one or two ethnicities going on. It's a whole blended. Right, thank you, thank you. Um, 
Related to that, what did you learn about teacher growth through the course of your study? I really feel like we have to be more open and we all need um, probably just a little bit more training on how to deal with that. So in our school this year, we've had a lot of professional development on trauma-informed care. And to me, that was just going hand in hand with a lot of this diversity because the other part of this diversity is not what we can see, it's what's going on with them. And so part of that has to be that the teachers are understanding more and more. And I think through what we call tick training, which is the trauma-informed, that the teachers are growing as well. And I know I have grown a huge amount just by trying to think through what's going on in the classroom. But I really do feel like um, we've talked about it in our meetings that PD in this diversity is really important for teachers to understand because a lot of the teachers aren't living in the same environments that the children are. So why is this important? You described it as important. Why is it important and how might it influence your future practice and your future research? Um, we have to meet the children where they need to be met. Um, if we want to sit and live in a glass box that says this is the way education is and this is the way I have to teach it, then our children are not going to be academically successful. We have to realize what's going on with our students in our four walls of academia as well as outside. And part of the only way to do that is to understand that diversity and to understand I can't necessarily meet this student exactly here and I can't meet this student at the exact same place. The other part is I have to have a parent as my partner. The parents have to be the partner. So if I'm not understanding that there's diversity here, I'm not able to partner with that parent either. So part of it has to be that I'm able to think through partnering with that parent. So part of it. So part of it does have to be partnering with that parent, and part of that is understanding that diversity. And when I call that parent, I have to not sound like I am straight and narrow with this and completely apart from whatever is going on with their child. I have to be able to learn to relate to that mm -hmm. because they're bringing it into our classrooms. Mm -hmm. And if we can't do that, then we're not meeting them. That's right. And you've addressed this a little bit, but I'll ask you to expand and, and answer the question, what do you see as the significance of your findings to other teachers and researchers? I think it's very eye-opening, um, really, that it's not what we can see exactly. It starts there, but there's so much more underneath the surface that we haven't gotten to and it's not a number or a box that we can check on a file that says, yes, they fit in this box, this box, and this box. Um, I think opening that door to say, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more here to these students. And here's where it's easy enough to start it. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be this full-blown thing in your classroom of, now we're going to learn about this and we're going to learn about that. It's more about just having those discussions mm -hmm. and getting that relationship. And so I think other teachers thinking through that same process of, wait a minute, let me, let, let me talk to my class. Let me find out 
because I know this one talks to this one and this one talks to this one, but why? And understanding the why is a lot about understanding how to meet them where they need to be met and to academically succeed for them. Because if we can open up that window sometimes, that child who doesn't relate to anybody, why? Is it because they feel different? Is it because they look different? And how do we stop that difference between them? How do we stop that diversity and show them that we are blended and that we're all making it work? Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you so much.